It's Wednesday, June the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Americans defy curfews and Ebola returns to Congo. First, the world in brief. The killing of an unarmed black man by a white police officer continued to resonate far beyond Minneapolis. New York, where protests have been overshadowed by violence and looting, extended an 8pm curfew until Sunday. Peaceful demonstrators defied this and other curfews like Washington, D.C.'s by the thousands. Four police officers were shot and wounded in St. Louis, as was another in Las Vegas. In Atlanta, arrest warrants were issued against six policemen after the release of footage showing them firing tasers at two students and dragging them out of a car. Donald Trump tweeted that the Republican Party will not be staging its national convention in Charlotte, North Carolina this August. He is frustrated that the governor of the state, a Democrat, refuses to guarantee that it would be allowed to ignore social distancing guidelines. The Republicans will seek another location, presumably in a swing state governed by one of their own. A new outbreak of Ebola hit the northwest of Congo. Six cases have been detected by the country's health ministry, which is also grappling with COVID-19. The outbreak is Congo's 11th since the virus was discovered in 1976. In April, days before Congo was expected to be declared Ebola-free, more cases were discovered in the east of the country. As India's west coast braces for an approaching cyclone, more than 10,000 of its most vulnerable people, including COVID-19 patients, have been moved. Cyclone Nisaga is expected to make landfall near Mumbai today, two weeks after Amphan battered India's east coast and Bangladesh. Meteorologists have warned of heavy rain and winds of over 100 kilometers an hour. Turkish authorities ordered the detention of 118 people with suspected links to Fethullah Gulen. Supporters of the Muslim cleric, who is exiled in Pennsylvania, are regularly accused by President Recep Tayyip Erdogan of orchestrating a failed coup in 2016. Most of the suspects in Tuesday's crackdown were members of Turkey's military and security forces. Lockdown has proved a boom for Zoom. Revenue at the firm, which sells a video conferencing service, or Video First Unified Communications in its own impenetrable jargon, hit $328 million during the quarter ending April 30th, up 169% on last year. Net income rose from $0.2 million to $27 million. Some 265,000 firms with over 10 employees are now signed up. And the head of Britain's fishing industry body floated the possibility of a compromise between Britain and the European Union over fishing rights, one of several issues currently holding up a post-Brexit trade deal. Barry Dees said an agreement over access to British waters could involve a renegotiation of European nations' fishing quotas. And now, here's today's agenda. Summer of Fury. The politics of anger in America. America is no stranger to racial protests. New research suggests that riots handed 1968's election to the self-declared law and order candidate Richard Nixon. President Donald Trump hopes for a similar boost, tweeting silent majority, a Nixon catchphrase on Tuesday. America has moved past its divisions in the past, but it is getting harder. Some 81% of Republican voters are white, while only 59% of Democrats are. Although a majority, both of whites and Republicans, told YouGov, a pollster, that they thought race was a cause of George Floyd's death at the hands of police, most also said the protests were a result of black Americans' long-standing bias against the police, rather than a genuine desire to hold police officers accountable. Worse, a forthcoming political science book finds that Americans' ratings of members of the opposing party have dropped by roughly 40% since 1960. 
Increasingly, voters do not merely disagree, they fear and even despise the other side. Benvenuti. Italy reopens to foreigners. Italy will partially reopen its borders today after more than two months of virtual isolation. European Union citizens, those from non-EU countries in the Schengen area, and British citizens will all be welcome. Not that anyone is expecting a stampede. France is not imposing restrictions, but Britons will be deterred by the need for 14 days quarantine on their return. Austria's frontier with Italy will remain shut. And although Switzerland will reopen borders on June 15th, Italy is excluded from its plans. Though falling, cases of COVID-19 in Lombardy, the region around Milan that adjoins Switzerland, are still high. More than half of those infected in Italy are in the region, which has only a sixth of the country's population. While Italy's tourist industry may not get a huge boost from reopening, its agriculture will. It should allow in an expected 150,000 seasonal workers from Eastern Europe to help gather the harvests. Mood music. Stock market listings resume. When it comes to private companies debuting on the stock exchange, timing is everything. Initial public offerings usually happen when markets are buoyant and potential investors keen to put money to work. The past few months have not been such a time. Now, however, there is evidence of a revival. Today, Warner Music will list shares worth just under $2 billion, a decent offering even in good times. It helps that the record label has benefited from the rise in streaming, which has proved lockdown proof. Many other companies are looking to list, from an Italian mask maker to a South Korean pop music impresario. Though buying shares in newly listed companies is risky, investors are keen in part because few other asset classes offer any returns these days. A solid start for Warner could revive a listing of Airbnb, a home rental platform whose hotly anticipated IPO was derailed by the pandemic. Ready or not, Mumbai sputters back. The state of Maharashtra is home to a sprawling megalopolis in Mumbai, the largest share of India's economy and its heaviest COVID-19 caseload. Today, it undertakes Mission Begin Again. The official name could be a bit too grand. Lockdown 5.0, to use its gloomier nickname, will cover the rest of June. Most controls, however, will indeed be lifted gradually. With exceptions such as schools, hotels and barbers, ordinary businesses will be allowed to reopen. Many Maharashtrians will be grateful to have shops, markets and taxis for essential journeys back, especially those who earn their livings there. Yet it is too soon to relax. The coronavirus is still spreading in India with more than 200,000 recorded cases and the figures double every fortnight. Mumbai's hospitals are already overcrowded. With tragicomic timing, the city is also expecting its first ever cyclone to make landfall today. And where the weather is less dire, the pandemic is not. Poison Chalice, a new boss at the Bank of Canada. If you mind losing more than you enjoy winning, don't bet on the next governor of the Bank of Canada. In 2013, Tiff Macklem seemed a sure thing, only to be edged out. When the bank announced in December that the role would become vacant, it seemed that the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, a self-described feminist, would nominate the first woman to the job. Instead, Mr Macklem takes over today. The economy he inherits may be experiencing the worst drop in its history. Rates are as low as they are likely to go and the bank recently resorted to quantitative easing or bond buying for the first time. Problems are piling up. Household debts are worth 176% of their incomes, and Canada lost 3 million jobs in March and April. Investors will watch to see if Mr Macklem calls for more stimulus or for patients to see if previous efforts bear fruit. 
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sidney Smith, who was born on this day in 1771. Never give way to melancholy, resist it steadily, for the habit will encroach. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.